All right, it is episode four of Unentitled Sports, but you might want to call us Titled Sports because the Warriors won the title, NBA champions 2022. We called it, I think. Four rings, eight years, and it was never in doubt for me. I think, like, there were points, there are many points throughout the season where I'm like, all right, there's probably less than a 50% chance that we win a, a title. Right. But I don't think at any point this season, other than maybe when the Celtics went up 2-1, I thought we had, there. I thought there was a team that had a better chance to win the championship than us. Like, throughout the season, I was varying degrees of confidence that the Warriors would be NBA champions. Um, and at some points, it was more than 50%. At some points, it was less than 50%. But I don't think there were any points, other than when we were down 2-1, that I thought that there was another team that had a better chance of winning the title than us i think you know that's kind of the what we've been what we've been given as like warriors fans where you know you go into a season and even though this season wasn't like those seasons with kevin durant um and it wasn't even like in 2015 where like we we it wasn't it wasn't a given at all um in 2015 of course it wasn't a given but you kind of had an aura to the team that was like wow you know, wow, this team's got something wow, special. This is an amazing team. This year, it was like, no shit. All right, let's go. Let's see if we can win some games <laughs> yeah. this year. Because you know, obviously, coming off of that that uh, play-in tournament loss last year, that was terrible, um, and nothing felt great those two years before then. Yeah. So we had a very low floor coming into was, this year. It was it was not yeah exactly. It was not sure. We had no mm-hmm. idea. We, you know, we could have ended up as a team that like the Lakers that you know, didn't, you know, underperformed and didn't even make the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. God um, forbid. If I, like, going, obviously I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a homer and I, I believe in, in my team. I would have guessed that we were going to be like a maybe four or five seed going yeah. into the season. Um, but throughout the season, ha- having played the way that we played and when we were at our best, mm-hmm. how good we really looked, mm-hmm. it, it showed that we had a chance to win a title. Yeah. And I, having it all just come together in a way like this and seeing that 2022 NBA champions Mm -hmm. Golden State Warriors that that felt amazing yeah no especially like you know having gone through what we gone through last year you know we have in the past five years we have gone through the highest of highs and the lowest of lows back to the highest of highs again um I don't think any other team has ever done that too where you know you go from winning a championship to being the worst team in the league mm-hmm. to then winning a championship again in a, a three-year span. Right, and and by the way, the reward we reaped for being the worst team in the league had zero impact on our championship run whatsoever. Yes, and now going forward, there's all of these guys mm-hmm. that now are you know maybe the future. So yeah, I, I, the Warriors like like. We're glitched in, the system. We're somehow. in good. We're in good shape. Did a full rebuild almost. Yeah. In, in two years. Yeah. And then not came even back. a rebuild. I mean, no. But got, got the tools for a potential oh, rebuild oh, in yeah, the future. Yeah. And then just said, and never mind. Like, all right, no. Let's go win another chip. We really, we really, we really like lined everything up for a rebuild, and all we had to do was press the button, and then we're like, nah, never mind. Yeah. And we won another ring. You know what's funny is like, th- I remember hearing um, one of the one of those analysts talking about how. It was a checkbook win. I don't know if you remember seeing this, but uh, there was a, a reporter. I, f- I forgot his name, but he, he mentioned how it was a checkbook win for the Warriors 
because we had the highest payroll oh. in the NBA. Oh yeah, and with luxury tax, I heard it was like it's it's like twice as much. As, yeah, fifty million or something like or that. Or like twice as much but as the next closest. The Warriors organization understands that we're not just gonna you know ride off these three championships and then go and you know sell jerseys for a while and let Steph Curry become old and people remember how good he once was. It's no, we're gonna go and we're gonna pay Andrew Wiggins. We're gonna pay Clay. We're gonna pay Draymond everyone who we need to pay mm-hmm. to go and be a title contender again, even when we were the worst team in the league. They had that faith that didn't put us on the track of being a rebuilding or just a, a twilight team. Mm-hmm. Um, and that meant everything. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like I've only been an NBA fan for 10 years. I wasn't alive in the 90s, 80s, 70s, and 60s. But, like, you know, the NBA loves nostalgia, loves history. And you don't hear many stories of teams having their championship window close and then pried back open. You know, there are some similarities with this and the 90s Bulls with the two seasons that MJ didn't play, that little interlude uh, to their dynasty where they didn't win rings, you know, it was two years. And also there are some similarities with the Spurs, particularly their last ring, because their big three that had been around for so many of them. Uh, they were so old. Yeah, and um, it was it was Kawhi coming back, and but none of those teams ended up being the worst team in the league. Right. When, yeah. You know, either the, the guys got older or they lost MJ. Right. It's just like at the end of the day, the narrative isn't the same. Yeah, and it's it's something that's very unique. Mm-hmm. That uh, it was an experience that, like, you know, I don't know, like I was telling you earlier about how I felt comfortable in those in those times when we were so shit. Because I watched almost every game, and I got to cheer on Eric Paschal, who was my favorite <laughs> player, and I got to watch. And even though, you know, when we got James Wiseman, like I felt really excited about like a, yeah. A team, well, I remember like, Wiseman's like first that. game. Um, yeah. It was also Katie's first game for Brooklyn too. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think Wiseman put up like sixteen and ten. Oh, he shot a three. Yeah. And that was awesome. It felt great. Yeah. Um. So. And not having any expectations was right, like yeah. kind of a, a burden on having the bar lowered. Where, having you know, the bar lowered was very humbling. It was very yeah, unentitling. You might say. You could say. Some were saying. Um, so, yeah, it, coming back to the, you know, being as good as we were this year and potentially having a chance to win a championship felt a, like very stressful to me. Where, you know, going down to one against the Celtics yeah. was like, oh no, this is not good because. You know, I, I, I felt bad because it was like, you know, this is not the same team that was so dominant before. It's not the same team. It's mm-hmm. a different team. So who's to say that we are impervious, uh, that we aren't impervious to a 2-1 deficit? Um, so it, it just wasn't as given as those other mm-hmm. games, which I think makes it much sweeter. Because, yeah, more authentic. Yeah, it, no, exactly. It feels like, it feels like a, like a, you know, it feels like 2015 mm-hmm. where... We did not. We were not a championship team before this. I did not feel like a, you know. Obviously, we know we have championship players. We have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. But mm-hmm. Clay Thompson isn't isn't Clay Thompson fully anymore. Draymond he's Green was, close. He's close. He's almost there, but he's not. You know, it's not. It's not. I still think he's a piece Clay Thompson. Yeah, yeah, but I still think he's a helpful asset. Yeah, definitely. But it's not. It's not he's better than most shooting the, guard. The second or third best shooting guard in the league, Clay yeah, Thompson. Yeah, yeah. Who's you know gonna just be a sniper and and will at least give you eighteen a game. Some nights he's gonna give you thirty-two. Uh-huh. Um, this this series, he was good. You know, he he played great in the finals. Draymond played terribly, so it wasn't until like, game six. Until game six, yes, and we'll get to that. But 
it didn't feel like, oh, you know, we have the better players. We're going to win this. Let's go. Yeah. It felt like Steph Curry is a fucking god. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. And every game that we won felt like a gift. Yeah. Um, rather than, you know. Something uh, we were entitled something, to. Uh, something we were entitled. You can, yeah, we weren't yeah. very entitled this yeah, season. Yeah, no, I mean, this is a bona fide, genuine, legit no excuses, nothing you can take away from it, NBA championship. There is no they, one... What no are they going to say now? Nothing. You yeah. can say nothing. And, and you know, this is kind of something that, you know, people are talking about, the legacy of, of Kevin Durant, because... Yeah, I remember Stephen A. couldn't stop talking about it. Right. And I don't know, because to the Warriors, I feel like this kind of validifies, validates, that's probably the right <laughs> word, the championships that we won with Kevin Durant because it proves that we could have done it without him. That's mm-hmm. that's to me that's like this yeah. is what it proves. If we have the team They were Warriors ranks, not KD ranks. Exactly. So to KD, it really does not mean that much because it shows that a team without KD is capable of winning a championship yeah. because of Steph Curry. Steph Curry is a player mm-hmm. that is good enough if you put him on a team like the Warriors that has the pieces that they do, they are going to win a championship. We've seen it right. happen now twice. Yeah. No, I think I, I like Katie. Um, I understand why people don't like him, and I will respect that, and I'll leave them to that opinion. But I like Katie. Um, I want to see him happy. I want to see him winning. I want to see him silence his haters. Um, and I think him winning those two finals MVPs, like, saved his legacy. Yeah, true. If he did not win those finals MVPs, yeah. if he did not play clearly as the number one best player on the team in those finals, that would have been really bad for him. Yeah, it would have. Because, right, you know, people are talking about legacies, and, and now most people have... Steph Curry ranked in the top 10. Yeah. Almost everyone's saying that Steph Curry is a top 10 player of all mm-hmm. time. I agree with that. Yeah. People were saying that about Kevin Durant a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Where now it's like, there's no way. Yeah, like, Curry has twice as many rings as him. Yeah. And only one less finals MVP. If you... I don't think there's anyone now that would put Kevin Durant above Steph Curry yeah. in an all-time ranking. There's mm-hmm. no question. Maybe in terms of just, like skill like yeah you know, pure basketball skill but like right but that's not what legacy is no, that's not what greatness is you have to look at much more than that yeah. and it's clear that steph curry has done so much more mm-hmm. for the league and for his team and as an individual too than kevin durant mm-hmm. so um it's it's so authentic to the bay um, yeah steph curry is just he is the guy yeah he's just the guy oh it's fucking amazing yeah um, no this this season i this season has given me more joy as a Warriors fan and as a basketball fan more than any other season um in part because I was so much more into it this year you know normally I have school to school and grades to worry about I have swim to worry about I have hockey to worry about but then you became a comm major to watch the games yeah yeah pretty much Um, this is why you deserve I decided I decided to you know make my career watching basketball um (laughs) yes so well, actually, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have to worry about school as much. I didn't have to worry about swim. I didn't have to worry about hockey. I didn't have to worry about girls. I could just, you know, make basketball the most important thing in my life, um, and really commit my all to helping the Warriors win a championship right. any way possible. Doing your best. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate. Very that. gratifying. I think we all can appreciate that. I think Steph Curry. Um, I saw he got a call from Obama. Yeah. When are you getting sick. one of those? Um, if not by tomorrow, I'm probably gonna reach out. Yeah. At, at this point, it is starting to get borderline offensive. Right. You know, he is Obama, so I'll I'll give him some slack. But like, yeah, doing things, Obama. I things. know, I know, I I know the respect I am due from a former president such as Barack Obama. So I will I will by the end of tomorrow, if he doesn't call me, 
I will, I'll send him a, a harshly worded message <laughs> if <laughs> Thank he you. doesn't call you. I appreciate you having my back like that. Yeah. Um, so I think we can get into some awards for, for the finals. Uh, we, we made a few of them <laughs> we did. of our own um, because you know, every NBA every player give... yeah every player on the Warriors gets an yeah, award. Exactly. The NBA only gives a few. So we figured we'd give a lot more. This um, Warriors team is so good, everybody gets an award. Yes. Okay, so of course Steph Curry... He wins MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing really else to say that he's a he's Steph Curry. Yeah. You ever, Steph, ever heard MVP? Yeah. You ever watched like, a Steph Curry game? Peanut uh, butter and jelly. Yeah. Um, Andrew Wiggins. We got Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, Put the clamps on Tatum. Also Doncic too. Really? Yeah. It, it was. You know. You, I mean, these guys looked unstoppable before Wiggins matched up against them. Absolutely. Wiggins was the best defender that Jason Tatum saw. In the playoffs, mm-hmm. I think. Better than Jimmy Butler. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, it's like Wiggins has the athletic tools of the perfect defender for a guy like Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. And he played out of his mind. In those one-on-one possessions, it was locked down yeah, almost always. Yeah, he wasn't getting anything. So, And even in that, in, in that one-on-one matchup, really, on the offensive side, too, Wiggins played better than Jason Tatum, which is just amazing. Like, who would think that? Mm. Um, other than us, of course, we already knew. Yeah. Um, so, Depoy for Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Clay, uh, we decided to give Clay Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, that one doesn't need much explaining. Yeah. Uh, Draymond Green, this is where the awards start getting fun and creative. Draymond Green, we gave him most impactful three-point shooter. And I think this this might have to be explained a little bit mm-hmm. because it's not that he's the best. It's not that he makes the most. Mm-hmm. It's that it's the most impactful. Yeah. When Draymond Green shoots a three and it goes in, you feel yeah. worse than anything else. Right, there's yeah. Nothing, there's nothing worse that you could do for uh, you know the Celtics fans to right. watch Draymond. Yeah, Draymond Green making a three-pointer in game six at the TD Garden sucked the air out of that arena. And like, he made two. Right, yeah, he made <laughs> two of them. He shot 50% in game six from beyond the arc. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know... Early in the series, he was breaking threes, and you're just like, oh, dude, like, if we don't win our games, like, this might be a reason why. And then game six, when he starts splashing threes, you're like, everything's going our way this game. Yeah. If if Draymond is hitting threes, you don't lose as the Warriors. Like, yeah. That, that's really the end. We were talking about this in, in episode three about what were the keys, and it was, you know, two guys getting hot for the Warriors, really, mm-hmm. and playing solid defense. That was it. Yep. But if Draymond Green is having the best offensive night of his finals in this game, mm-hmm. you're done. It's over. Yeah, you know, and and that's what happened clearly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, Kevon Looney, giving the most wholesome award. He is so wholesome. He's very he's very wholesome. You know, he's just he's just that guy, man. You know, he's just a guy you kind of want to give a hug. I yeah, he's always smiling, and you can't help but feel happy for him, especially too now that he's playing the best basketball of his career. Very yeah. wholesome. Good for him. And he's always been a guy who just accepts his role. And plays it to yeah. the best of his ability. No, and I don't think we win a championship without Loon this year. I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no one that I think fills that role better than Kavon Loon. Yeah. Um, so, well, maybe, you know, take what I say with a grain of salt. Yeah. Just won a championship, all right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jordan Poole, what you got for him? Him. The him award. Jordan Poole is him. Yeah. So we gave him the him award. Yeah. Um, him, him, uh, it's him who's in your girls' DMs, I'd say. It's... <laughs> It's him who is playing out there like it's uh, a pickup game. <laughs> and all the bad girls all are watching. All the baddies are yeah. checking him out. He, so, he's in the gym like only hot girls are watching. 
Yeah, and it like those two shots, those buzzer beater, yeah. half court threes, were just classic Jordan Poole moments. Yeah. where you know he's done it in college. He did it in the regular season, and he's doing it in the finals. It's yeah, like, you can't, you can no longer say that's a fluke. You can never say yeah. a Jordan Poole shot that goes off the backboard. I I would say he called the bank. Yeah, because it's like. If he makes them at such a high rate or just more than everyone else... You're not going to tell me it's coincidence. No, yeah. And we know he practices them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's him. Yeah, um, certified bucket getter. Gary Payton. He's got that dog in him. That dog. So he, he we awarded him the That Dog Award. That's, that's a lovely award for him. <laughs> I think his dad would be proud. Yes. All right, next we got Otto Porter. What did we give Otto Porter? All reliable. All reliable. He's guaranteed to give you one open three per game at least and it's always an it's always like a like a game changing oh yeah no it's either to stop a run it's either to stop a celtics run or start a warriors run yeah it's like one guy you know marcus smart goes down and he hits a three that really hurts Mm -hmm. and we hit it in someone's face too yeah and then we get down to court and then you know auto porter is the remedy yeah he's gonna hit that three and then you know he's gonna go and get some rebounds that we need him to get so uh, just the most well-timed threes you can think of. All reliable. Uh, yeah. Nemanja Bjelica. What you got? Eurogoat. The only European player to win a championship this year. You know, I was going to go with just GOAT. Just greatest of all time. <laughs> um, the, I, I love my favorite player to root for when I'm at the games. Uh, ever been to one? I don't know. Um, <laughs> is is Nemanja Bjelica because obviously he's, uh, you know, not as athletic as everyone else out there. He looks a little bit funny on the court and that makes it so much better when he hits a three yeah or when he plays great defense yeah. on Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum he got exposed towards the end with Jason Tatum <laughs> but there were a few times when he looked like he yeah was I remember in like game it was down. like game two and game four like early like earlier in the series when we were winning Bielitsa like there were a couple possessions where you're just like you're rubbing your eyes you're like that really just happened like yeah. did Bielitsa put the clamps on Jason Tatum <laughs> like yeah um Damien Lee, stay ready. Damien Lee, stay ready. We gave this, him the Stay Ready Award because he always stays ready. stays ready. Put him in the game, and you know he's coming to get buckets. Hell yeah. Uh, Moses Moody, unleash him. Unleash him. <laughs> unleash Moses Moody. You can tell. Every time, you know, similar to D. Lee, but every time he, you, know, you want him on the court, you can tell he has more to prove. He has potential to fulfill. He wants to be unleashed. He's the secret weapon. I'm surprised we didn't go to him yeah. more. I guess because we just had it in the bag. But I feel like if we if we went down three one, we probably would have just started Moses Moody and then won <laughs> three games. Probably. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Kaminga. The cutie award. Yeah, he's beautiful. He's so cute. He's very cute. Uh, he's just you know so young and like he smiles. Yeah, he's got a great a smile. Haircut. Yeah, his like cheeks. Yeah, he looks like a yeah yeah yeah. He looks like a cute cartoon character. Yeah, I love seeing Jonathan Kaminga on the court. Yeah. Not only you know, the, the cuteness, but he's also yeah, very he's a good. baller. He's a baller. So, I mean, I, I can see this award uh, in the future coming, yeah. uh, becoming a, a much better award. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andre Iguodala. Finals MVP. Yeah, as always. <laughs> he's never not deserved it. He, he deserved it back in, back in 2015. Um, yeah. Without KD. No, honestly. He's our finals MVP. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> that's the only reason he's not a four-time finals MVP is because KD. If you ask me, like, he deserved it as much this year as he deserved it in 2015. <laughs> yeah, for real. He did not deserve it at all in either of them. He locked down LeBron James. Yeah, he, held, he held LeBron to 35, 8, and 8 on 50%. Like, <laughs> congrats, dude. Yeah, they just meant to say, oh, it was LeBron. But this guy guarded him, so yeah. I guess we'll give it to him. Right. Um, James Wiseman. I, I, I got to give him the Jason Tatum Award in this one. Jason Tatum Award for a few reasons. 
Uh, number one, because he sucks. Yeah, he was about as useful as Jason Tatum in yeah. his finals. Um, number two, because he did that. He posted that picture of him uh, imitating Kobe with the with the trophy, like doing that, like you know, the Kobe with with, with, with his, his head down jacket and his head down and you know and holding the trophy. Holding the trophy. So uh, James Wiseman took uh, <laughs> yeah. took Jason Tatum's. Um, dream. You yeah. know he was thinking about oh, the, yeah, the whole no. playoffs. Tatum was so ready to post that on Instagram. He wanted that. And James Wiseman got to do it yeah. instead of Jason Tatum, <laughs> which is hilarious. That hurts. Um, but yeah, no, uh, honestly, like, I don't really... I just, I, I, like, the fact that we pay James Wiseman $10 million <laughs> and that he did that, like, he took that photo. He's a, he's a champion. It's ridiculous. Like, like, there's only one player on the Warriors that I don't like, and it's it's James Wiseman, but it's like you know, it's get on the court, you bum. You're, you're how old are you, bro? Like just play some he's, basketball. He's younger than you. I know that. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. He's young. Like he has he has legs underneath him. He's played like like I feel like I've played definitely more basketball <laughs> than he has yeah, since he got suspended from Memphis. Who has spent more time on a basketball court? And that's when he was like 17 years old. Like <laughs> think about that. Like how can I don't know. Whatever. Uh, you know, they, Joel Embiid was on the same path as him. So uh, yeah, let's. I'm going to, like, hope that yeah. he's good one day. But, like, right now, I don't like James Wiseman. Yeah, the we fact will... that he calls himself a champion is, like, <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. We will we will have a a, uh, a segment about James Wiseman later in the episode. Uh, but we still have a joint award to give out. Uh, Chris Kioza and Quindari Weatherspoon both, we decided to award them with... Best Dressed. Because they were, they were coming in fire. Yeah, they were not wearing uniforms, and they looked good. So they did. I we mean, gave them best dressed. I'll give them that. And also in all of the photos, like, in, I remember in, <laughs> They're in the every team photo. photo <laughs> in the team photo, like, the people that are sitting down, like, on the on the podium, and then those people are standing up. The people that are sitting down are Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Quindary Witherspoon. <laughs> front, the like front page photo. Yeah, and he's like, he's like just smiling. Yeah, he's like, not even wearing his uniform, his... not even wearing a tracksuit. Like he's wearing street clothes. Yeah. But but he looks good. Sharp, yeah. best dressed. Um, so you got to give that to him. Got to yeah. give good props where they're due. Yeah. yeah, to both Witherspoon and Kyoza. Yeah. All right, and just I want to touch up on the season Wiggins had. You know, obviously he's he's getting the the spotlight he deserves for his postseason run. But just from day one to, you know, lifting that lifting that championship trophy, he became an all-star starter, second in finals MVP voting, and, of course, an NBA champion. That's Like, is that the most under... You know, and obviously, like, his numbers might not reflect that, but, like, when you look at just accolades, that's got to be the most underappreciated season of all time. I mean, that's like, you know, if you, if you went back to... He was drafted in 2014? 2014, number 2014. one overall. If you went back to 2014 and you told someone that when Andrew Wiggins was 27 years old, he was second in finals MVP voting, an all-star starter, and a champion, mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh, okay. Nice. Good job. <laughs> yeah. like, Great pick. And when can we possibly say that about Andrew Wiggins living up to the expectations? That's yeah. like his whole career has been defined by, oh, he's overrated. Yeah. Oh, he's not as good as he was supposed to be. Oh, he's on a too big of a contract. Yeah. And Negative asset. What he did this year proves that yeah you know he's not he's not a bust i don't yeah, think no I don't his, think his numbers were probably not great you know regular season wise and yet this was the best season of his career yeah um uh, particularly because he he you know early in his career wiggins wiggins really only did the things that you know you see in the numbers this season he did everything you don't see in the numbers which is awesome great for him 
Um, I also, uh, before we move on, I want to give a shout out to the league for going small and trying to beat us at our own game and really letting us stay at the top of our game. I remember, you know, I, I bring this up a lot, but I remember when we would play Cleveland and Houston and they would beat us. It'd be because Tristan Thompson and Clint Capella would be the only big guys on the court and they would get every rebound that LeBron or Harden missed and that's how they would beat us. And then the league's like, hmm, you know what? Instead of trying to, you know, take advantage of and exploit the Warriors' weaknesses, let's try to play the exact same as them and try to do it better than them. And surprise, surprise, it didn't work. And now Kevon Looney's able to be one a dominant center in the NBA. Yeah, I think it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because it's like, you know, what got Boston to the place where they are where they were in the finals was playing that kind of small ball and obviously Robert Williams is holding it down, but then running those wings um, and having like, you know, your offense coming through the wings, not really doing much pick and roll. Um, that's, that's what got them to the finals playing the best, you know, the best defense that you can play in, in that kind of a lineup. So it's kind of like a, you know, it, I guess it's, it's, I don't know what the right word is for it, but it only exists. We got to play a team that is built like that because that now is the best way to build a team mm-hmm. in the league. Right. And that's how you beat and everyone we, and, else. Yeah. Except for us. Yeah. But the Warriors can also beat every single one of those teams of that prototype. Yeah. Which luckily for us is every other 29 teams in the NBA. Yeah. Other than uh, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. Thank God we didn't see them amazing. in the finals. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I mean, you know the the I think like, the Grizzlies play yeah. play big. Um, obviously the, the but Nuggets they but are they talk led bigger. By a, led by a, a pretty big guy. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I mean it's it's hard. To, obviously, you know, if you're gonna beat the Warriors as a team that plays with bigs, then you got to be a really good team that plays with bigs because the Warriors will beat any team that's not really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in the finals, you get a great team that plays with Rob Williams, who's only six nine. Um, he plays bigger than 6'9", though. He does play bigger than 6'9". And I think he's 6'10". But their offensive scheme is not, you know, they play like like a, a the wing attack game. Yeah, Boston, yeah, no Boston point wasn't. Guard on that team. Yeah. And they couldn't do it. So, yeah. I don't know. It, you know, it, it goes to say a lot about the Warriors, about how they're kind of able to beat all of these teams. And really the only team that I think would have probably beaten the Warriors is the Bucks. Um, yeah, because Giannis you know, a guy is a like matchup Giannis, nightmare, and then also with Brook Lopez, um, that's that's really tough uh, yeah. on the boards mm-hmm. and being able to space the four. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. I think that team is is probably the the, the team that beats the Warriors. You know? Yeah, I I think that they are. I think it's them and the Warriors. Those are the two favorites for next year. We'll we'll, we'll talk about next season uh, in a, in a later segment. But yeah, you know, little snippet right now. The Bucks are probably the biggest. Yeah. Title challengers for I the Warriors. I agree with that. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, when the Warriors, you know, started their dynasty, you know, the pendulum of the league swung to small ball, and now it's like you're, you know, you're kind of curious. It's like when will the pendulum swing back to whichever genius coach decides to play with two bigs? Maybe and once then uh, they and they, you know, and they crack the code and start the next dynasty by playing tall. You know, it's like, do you think the pendulum is going to swing back or do you think it doesn't work like that? Maybe once James Wiseman actually touches a basketball, <laughs> he might have a shot. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you, you know, look at the draft Put right Put Looney now. back to the four and they'll play Looney and Wiseman? No, never. I don't think that, that could ever happen, especially with Draymond. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no. Hey, Draymond um, started his career as a three. You look at the draft this year, it's 
a lot of wing guys, a guys that are like this, um, this like Toronto Raptors style <laughs> of, of, you know, you can put a you can put a five man rotation of guys who are six seven, long and can shoot. Right, mm-hmm. you could do five of those guys. Yeah, and that's kind of the top like fifteen guys going in the draft this year. There's maybe ten of them that are these long wings, but at the top you got Chet Holmgren and Paulo Bencaro, mm-hmm. who are both bigs. Um, so I don't know. It's like the Celtics. The way that the Celtics are built right now is kind of how I see a lot of teams going forward and building their teams. Yeah, you know, there's no, there's no like dominant guards obviously you, you know a, a guard like Steph Curry a guard like uh Trey Young a guard like John Morant those are the uh-huh. guys that um are able to carry their teams from the guard position but that's not abundant in the draft yeah there's there's no one who you could say look to and say oh this is the best point guard in the draft this guy is capable of carrying a team no yeah. you look at the draft right now and you look at the last year's draft and you say no Jalen Green I don't think he counts um this, this well, is Cade's a, a point, but he's a he's a tall point. He's like six yeah, six, exactly. isn't he? Yeah, he, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, and then there's a Lamelo Ball type. Yeah. So, um, the league is the league loves themselves a, a good six six and six seven player. Yep. And I see a lot more of that. Yeah. A lot more of that to come. Okay, so one thing I do want to discuss is, you know, the comparisons between uh, our 2015 championship team and this year's championship team. Um, you know, obviously those are the two rings we won without KD. People are talking about it a lot, but I want to know how these teams match up and who you think the better team is. Yeah, I mean, to me, honestly, it's pretty clear. Um, I, I love this team, and I think that maybe because I believe that they are significantly worse than the 2015 team, it kind of makes this championship more sweet. But I definitely think that the 2015 team um, is better. Uh, I think that that's... There's a few reasons as to why, like, number one, obviously the big three, where, you know, Steph Curry, I'd say in the playoffs, this season was definitely better than that Steph Curry, mm-hmm. but regular season, it's not even close. Obviously, yeah. 2015 yeah, Steph MVP. Curry was amazing, and this season, you know, Steph Curry had one of the, you know, uh, definitely slower seasons. Yeah, percentage-wise, um, arguably the worst of his career. Yeah, uh, and that Steph Curry was amazing, mm-hmm. so... Um, with Clay Thompson, though, I think a 2015 Clay Thompson is much better than current Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. And then also back in 2015, when Draymond Green actually knew how to score the ball, <laughs> it was a little bit different because yeah. you had that threat of, oh, you know, Draymond actually might drop 20 points this game. He might get, you know, 18 points in this game versus, yeah. you know, now it's really just the defense, which, which, he, which he was bringing back then too. So um, I think it's that. Uh, there's a couple other places where you could probably edge. The 22 team, yeah. but I think overall, and I'll talk a little bit more of that, but I don't think that many teams are going to be beating a 65 win. 67. 67 win regular season team. You just proved my point. Yeah. Um, I I agree with your points about the big three. I think a lot of people do. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this with the rest of my points. I'm going to weight regular season and playoff performance pretty equally because... Uh, the playoff sample size obviously is much smaller, but much more important. Uh, so for simplicity's sake, I am going to weight those relatively equally. Um, the next sort of matchup between these two teams is Andrew Wiggins versus Harrison Barnes. Uh, I know we got in a little bit of an argument about this earlier, but for me, the answer is clearly 
uh, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, you know, averaged between 17 and 16 points between the regular season and the playoffs. Harrison Barnes was 10 points or 12 and 10. Um, I know Barnes got 10 in the playoffs, and I think he got about 12 in the regular season. Um, Andrew Wiggins was also an all-star starter, second in finals MVP voting, and played incredible defense. Uh, Barnes was very, very, very average in the playoff run. Um, for me, it is, it is clearly Wiggins over Barnes. Um, I don't know if you agree with me and just less strongly, or I don't know where you stand on that, but yeah, that, that's where I stand on that. I think after we had a look at it, um, I think it's pretty clear that Andrew Wiggins is better overall than Harrison Barnes, especially this season and in the playoffs where he's, he's playing defense against pretty much the best player on the teams in both the Western Conference Finals and yeah. the Finals. So I, I definitely have to edge Wiggins. Um, I don't think Barnes locks down Luka Doncic or Jason Tatum. I don't think so either. <laughs> I, I think that that's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's a little bit different. But there's another amazing defensive player on that 2015 team, and that's Andre Iguodala. Yes. Um, who, Obviously, Andre Iguodala was be- finals MVP. Andre Iguodala is better than this year's Andre Iguodala. <laughs> that is a no-brainer. Yeah, I don't really think it's close. <laughs> in, in, you know, the 2015 era... Our bench really was pretty much Iguodala and Sean Livingston in the playoffs. Obviously, yeah. you know, we got to give a shout out to David Lee and Mo Space. Yep. But, Mo Money, Mo um, Buckets. In, in the playoffs, when it really came down to it, the guys who were contributing off the bench was Iggy was playing a ton. And yeah. he's guarding. The I mean, he, 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 got, he got starters minutes. Yeah, off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, you know, there's a reason why he won finals MVP. Uh, it's because LeBron should have won he, it. Because but he held LeBron to 40, 10, and 10. It's because he's matched up against the best player defensively. So, um, you know, I, I, in terms of defense, I think that uh, Andre Iguodala adds a lot where Harrison Barnes wasn't. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, I think at this point, you know, we're, we're comparing benches now. Um, and realistically, uh, you know, Spates and Lee were complete non-factors in the playoffs. Livingston was very close to a non-factor. I mean, it was it was nice to see him hit those three mid-range pull-ups a game, but I don't think Livingston had an impact on the game. Uh, so really the only bench player from that 15 team that had an impact was Iguodala, which was huge. Um, but then uh, for us this season, our three big bench players, regular season and playoffs, were Jordan Poole, uh, Gary Payton II, and Otto Porter Jr. Uh, Lucas and I, uh, while brainstorming for this segment, got in a huge argument about Iguodala versus Poole. And obviously we know they're very different players and contribute on opposite sides of the floor. Um, and the two stats that sort of helped us settle our argument were win shares and VORP. And VORP. What, is, what does VORP stand for again? Uh, value over replacement player. Uh, it's kind of like... A little bit like war in baseball, okay. Um, where you know you, you're how much better you a, are than the average an player. average replacement. Yeah. yeah, and and win shares is how many of your team's wins you help contribute towards. Uh, so when we looked at those stats, Jordan Poole was slightly better in win shares than Andre Iguodala was across both regular season and playoffs, uh, and Andre Iguodala was slightly better in VORP than Jordan Poole was. So we said. Uh, they are roughly equal. Around the same. You know, it's a difference in, you know, which, you know, where they're contributing, mm-hmm. really. So, um, 
you know, I, I was I was more under the impression that that uh, Iggy's defense was much more valuable than than Jordan Poole's offense that mm-hmm. he's providing. But uh, again, it's like I I think I guess you could you could really call them around the same. Yeah. Um, well, Jordan Poole's offense was very very valuable to us in the regular season. Yeah, it was at times, but yeah, you know we knew that. The, the team was not best though when when Jordan Poole was the captain. It was he was all right and he kept us afloat, but he it was it was not uh, a dominant performance by him. You know he he had some great games and he had a stretch where he was averaging twenty plus points per game. Um, I think it was for ten or eleven games in a row, which is very impressive. But yeah. it, I believe in that stretch we went five and six. I can't I can't you know okay, but I, we could, we could go back games, and look at it all. Yeah. Um, I, I just I just don't think you're giving Jordan Poole the credit he is due for filling in for both Steph and Clay this regular season. And, you know, his performances allowed us to consider ourselves a championship team and feel like a championship team going into the playoffs because of what he did in the regular season. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I love Jordan Poole. I think he's a great player, but... Keeping a team around five hundred, uh, I don't think that that means that he's like carrying the load. Per I se. think I think he's not doing nearly as well as Steph and Clay would do. It's like it's clearly that he is worse than them. Well, being yeah. pushed into this position, getting you know getting good points, playing not very good defense, yeah. um, but doing it on doing his his point scoring on uh, efficient, but. Not not willing his team to win the I same think, way that Steph Curry. Did. I think his Clay Thompson replacing was way better than his Steph Curry replacing. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. When he was coming off of in the starting lineup, um, when he was the two in the starting lineup, he was way with better. With Steph was like yeah. that. That team was was really good. Yeah. The, the Steph and Poole backcourt was <clears throat> in the regular season arguably our best backcourt. Able to win a ton of games, and yeah. that's really what matters. Well, so, no, and we considered ourselves a championship contender very early in the season when we were. Going punch for punch with the Suns for the first twenty games. Yeah, um, um, and that that and we gotta we gotta you know give Jordan Poole a lot of credit for that. He helped establish ourselves as championship contenders from the beginning of the season. And you know I don't think you know Iguodala obviously uh, contributes in very different ways, but Iguodala I don't know that you know other than maybe the Finals MVP, which is pretty important. Right. Um, his regular <laughs> his regular season impact I don't think compares to Poole's. Um, I actually think that it does. <laughs> I'm getting a little heated over here. I think it does because of what we just talked about. The warp and the, the warp. The, the, the warp and the, 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 and the, the slurp. The, yeah. All of that. The, like, the schlob and the... We, we saw that it's it's comparable. Like, yeah. Maybe, yes. Maybe, right. yeah. Like, like right. Jordan Poole did, like, you know, and I, I will never, like, you know, discount what Jordan Poole did for mm-hmm. the Warriors this year. Like, I don't know if we win a championship. I would say we probably don't win a championship mm-hmm. this year if Jordan Poole doesn't make that yeah. leap and play the way that he played. Right. But you know, like the, the, I feel like the season has the potential just fall, to fall apart from the beginning. Yeah, true. I mean, like you know, going into a really bad losing stretch mm-hmm. would have been would have been really tough. And yeah. then also not finishing as the three seed. Yeah. I just don't think the plane ever gets off the ground without Jordan Poole. Yeah, I I, I agree with his his impact. I just you know I, I, we can't also we can't put it past Iggy. Yeah. Um. Overall, in the benches, right? It, yes. You got. You got Livingston and Iggy essentially um, going up against. And even then, Livingston's numbers are not great. Yeah. Um, Poole, Peyton, and Porter, who are all contributing. Right. Peyton playing amazing defense. Mm-hmm. I would edge the twenty-two Warriors bench. Right. Yeah. Um, if if we're gonna call it roughly a tie between Iguodala and Poole, 
then Peyton and Porter, you know, clearly push the this season's bench over the 15 bench. Yeah. Um, so I, I would award that to uh, this season's Warriors as well. Yeah. Um, but my real argument here is that if you look at, shout out to Stat Muse, if you look at the overall offensive rating and the overall defensive rating of both teams, the 2015 Warriors and the 2022 Warriors, the 2015 Warriors are better at offense and they are better at defense, mm-hmm. which I think and is and a just, better regular season record and a better 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 record. You know, I feel like that just goes to like I do think you have to take the records with a small grain of salt, just because of injuries. Yeah, health. Yeah, you're right. Um, um, but I that being that, said, I don't know if this if this season's Warriors were as healthy as they were in 2015. How many regular season games do you think they win? They win a lot. I think they. I think I they don't probably know if they win. Crack 60 though. I, I think they crack 60. Maybe maybe exactly 60. Yeah. And that, that I don't know. Like I'd say between there were just stretches and this you know this is why maybe it's because when I was much younger watching mm-hmm. the Warriors I felt like we were unbeatable. Yeah. We would go out every game and yeah, just that's win true. and win and win. And Steph Curry was a god. You are you right. Know? And Clay Thompson was this Clay Thompson just knocked down right. and and I, think I, I just felt like this. like we couldn't lose, you know. Mm-hmm. But going watching this year, it's like first of all, I had no expectations coming into the yeah. season, so I was very like I was scrutinizing everything almost, you know, mm-hmm. watching watching the games. So I felt like we're not impervious like we were back in 2015. Like mm-hmm. that to me, like I remember yeah. that team. I'm like that is the team. We did feel a lot you know? more unbeatable in 2015. I will yeah. I will give you that. Like in, in 2015, there was no point where I was like, oh shit, we're. F- Fucked. Right, exactly. Like, this, how many times that happened this yeah, season? <laughs> there were a lot of times this season where it was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh no. like, we, like, we, we looked bad for a, a lot. I, I, yeah. I, we, we lost I, to the Magic. I, we, yeah. we, we, we both watched that game. That was not, yeah. not yeah. that. I, I will admit that is it. I think that's your strongest point, Lucas, is just, you know, there weren't really any panic alarms blaring in 2015. Um and they're definitely were this season. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the the panic meter reached much higher levels this season. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think this is really all we can say about these teams. It's like, obviously, there's no objective truth to this. Yeah, yeah, these yeah. teams will never, ever play each other. Right. But um, if you're listening out there and you have a strong opinion, I'd love yeah. to hear it. So please, you know, yeah. let us know. I think I think the consensus... I, I'm still sticking with 22. Lucas is still sticking with 15. Yep. But I, I think Lucas is a little bit more confident in his take than I am. Yeah. Uh, so if that means Lucas wins, then... Congratulations. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I, I will Another I will dub. still I will still stick to my claim, but I'm willing to yield victory to Lucas. One and oh. <laughs> Write it down, baby. Yeah. Many of these to come. Well, one uh, and three. Should, should, we, should, we, should we tell them about what happened at the basketball court last night? Or oh, shut do you up. not want to go no, there? We don't need to go. We'll go there and pick up gripes <laughs> yeah. next week. Yeah. Next week. Stay he, tuned for He has a couple. <laughs> All right, okay. Um James Wiseman. Yes. Ever heard of him? It is um, it is pretty crazy to think about that, you know, two seasons ago, not saying we intentionally tanked, but we tanked, and we got the number two overall draft pick out of it, and he played no part whatsoever in this season's championship round. Not a so, single minute. So, yeah. So, the, the reward we reaped for sucking in those two years did not play any factor in us turning it around and winning a championship. Like, we turned it around and won a championship without this incredibly valuable, well, supposedly incredibly valuable asset. Um, yeah. 
So we're, we're kind of left now with a few options. The curious case of James Wiseman. Yeah, and I guess, you know, I'd love to hear some other opinions on it, but um, there's, uh, it's really just, you know, I guess option one, you mm -hmm. can say, is you just hold on to him and you keep trying to develop him um, and we just keep winning with our current core, yeah. hopefully, uh, and he just sits there until Steph Curry gets older and, and we need to start a, yeah. you know, we need to, we need to bring in some, some young guys. Uh, and hopefully by then he's healthy enough to have gotten better. Uh, right now, I don't know if he's gotten better at all. Or I guess uh, option two is we trade him as like, you know, a piece to go get a center. Yeah, to, ideally. to upgrade. Yeah. Um, Getting a guy a like, guys... yeah, we, we talked about if, if, if we trade Wiseman for Rudy Gobert, I am gonna be on suicide watch. Um, <laughs> will, will you will you think that he's good, Rudy Gobert? Yeah. No. <laughs> you, even if he plays for the Warriors, what if you watch him every day and you see the defensive impact that he's bringing, and we're just winning games? Are you gonna think he's good? Uh yeah, but I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> I think Rudy Gobert is gonna. Yeah. You think if he comes to the team, we just suck? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We we should we should prop. I think what we should do later this summer when we, when Rudy Gobert either gets traded or they decide he's staying, whatever happens, whatever happens with Rudy Gobert. I will go into my full spiel with Rudy Gobert. Right. That'll be its own yeah, segment. We'll... But basically, long story short, I hate Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Um, but, you know, anyways, option two for Wiseman is... Um, go out and get a guy like Rudy Gobert yeah. or... Vucevic. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, sign a trade for DeAndre Ayton. You know, and um, you got to package it. That's, that's the thing, though. We'll, we, we'll we, talk we more would about, have to package. about, about what, what we can do with the salary, but you got to offload probably Wiggins um, in a trade like that. Yeah. Because... We can't, if we if we, we, if we, want, if we want to contract. upgrade, I just don't know if we're gonna be. I don't know if it's worth getting rid of Wiseman and whoever's big contract we need to to upgrade at center because then yeah. we end up downgrading somewhere else. If we lose Wiggins, you know, right. and that's may not like, even be worth it. You know, like we I don't win. know. I don't know if I would take Wiggins for Gobert or Vucevic or Aiton or whoever it is one for one. Not wow. to mention giving well, and then when we're also giving away the number two overall draft pick who's still twenty years old. Yeah. Like, like we lose that trade, in yeah. my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the third option is just to sell him and get picks for either this year's draft or next year's draft and kind of reset on that, like, development yeah. process. Um, which, you know, I, I think out of these options, yeah. I am a fan of one or three. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, op I, the, yeah, the way I see option three is it's kind of like the bailout. We're pressing the panic button. Um, so we want to sell out on him and trade him ASAP in fear that his, you know, trade value will only deteriorate. You know, it's kind of like giving up on him. Um, I think us winning a championship really kicks option number two to the curb. Yeah. Like if we lost in the finals or lost in the conference finals, it's like, all right, we're very close. We're almost there, but we need to retool. We need to switch out one or two pieces. And, and that is option two. Option two looks very enticing. Yeah. But now... We're like, okay, uh, we're a champion. We just won a championship, and we're a championship team without this, you know, supposedly value asset playing any part. We don't need to package him with one of our contributors from this championship mm -hmm. team to try to retool. We don't need to retool because we just won a championship. Yeah. So I think option number two is, in my opinion, kicked to the curb. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I think because now uh, the Wiggins contract is no longer just a contract. Right. Because before, you know, I remember going into this season, I was actually upset with the front office 
for not trading James Wiseman and not trading these two picks because I felt like let's go out and contend this year. Right. We're not going to be able to do that if we don't get rid of these picks. And of course, you any thought trade, we needed to buy to become championship contenders. I mean, not that I not that I thought we needed to to become cha- championship contenders. But it, it, it would have been advisable. I feel like that was the move. Like yeah. it was just clear. But any purchase, and a lot of people thought that. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think that Stefan Draymond even felt that way. Like at the beginning of the year, but going out like making that purchase. Trust Bob Myers. Oh, well, now we know, <laughs> but making that purchase would have included a Wiggins contract because you got to have a swap in whatever deal it is. Right. Yeah. But now that Wiggins swap is no longer. Well, oh, we have this big contract. We just got to get him off the books so mm-hmm. we can free up space for this guy. Yep. No, it, now it's we have a guy who's making thirty some million dollars per year who might be worth twenty eight million dollars a year or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah. he's no longer. Um, Second Finals MVP voting and yeah. an All Star starter. He, he's you know now he's an actual asset. So right. I think with that you can no longer put together a package around Wiggins and these guys unless and you're Wiseman. going out to get a legit like guy. Yeah, like probably the only centers I would want to lose Wiggins and Wiseman for are probably like Cat, Jokic, Embiid, uh, yeah. AD. I mean, Cat. Cat. Cat's the only one that I think that's actually realistic. Like, right, you're yeah. not going to get AD. You're not going to get uh, right. Yeah, Jokic. You're and not even get Giannis, Kat, yeah, like, Cat's probably Embiid, not going to happen. Yeah, you know that's that's probably not. Um, so I guess I think option Kat, two maybe Bam at a bio uh, potentially. I'm um, not in. Uh, actually, I, th- I think Bam did step it up on offense this year. Um, but I mean, here's the thing. It's like, do we really need? You know, here's the thing. Whenever you trade a bunch of pieces. You know, you always, no matter who you're trading for, no matter who you're trading away, there's always a risk that the new pieces of the puzzle don't fit like the old yeah. one. And now it's and not the time. Yeah, we're, if we're a championship team, we don't need to put together a new puzzle. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I like we don't would need say... To be, we don't need to be making trades unless we feel like it's a no-brainer. I would say we have to stick with option one. Yeah. And here's why. Because... You know the argument for not for doing option two. So have right, we officially that, kept op, kicked yes, option two to the curb? It's gone. So it's um, between option one and option yeah, three. Yeah, and and the argument I think for option three is that if you sell him now, you're you're like capitalizing on his value, right? Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't lose any more value of another year of not playing mm-hmm. or coming back and sucking. But I think if that was the case, we would have already traded him because. He's lost a lot of value yeah. in one season. If if we were if we were really scared about him his value plummeting and we wanted to sell out on him, we probably would have done it by now. Yeah, because you know now is is James Wiseman worth the number two overall pick in this draft? No, no one's going to trade Paulo Bancaro for James Wiseman mm-hmm. straight up. Like not right now, maybe later, but right now the way that Wiseman looks is oh this guy hasn't played since he was seventeen years old. He can't stay healthy mm-hmm. at all yet. You know I'm I'm hoping. But to uh, to a suitor around the league, it's not going to look great. What we have the luxury of, though, is being able Patience. to contend without him. without without him. Yes. And we had sh- it showed it was very clear. So I think that we need to keep him developing the same way that yeah, he's been. Like we Send can, him we to can, Santa Cruz yeah. as much as possible. We what we did with Jordan Poole, great. Yeah, like if we can do anything. Jordan like Poole that had a pretty all, good third year. It would be amazing. And, and you know, you talk about um, Joel Embiid. Where, yeah. Like, you know, at at this point in Joel Embiid's his, career, he's around the same. Yeah, he's and Embiid didn't play at all. You know, at least Wiseman played a little bit his first season. Embiid hadn't played at all up to this point in his career. You know, career, career trajectory. You know, thank God this for Sixers fans. Thank God they didn't give up on Embiid. And who's to say Wiseman won't turn out the same way? Right. Yeah. And so. and you know, to your point earlier, we can afford to take on a project right now. Yeah, we have know? the opportunity to to do that hail mary. Um, 
So yeah, I think that that's probably the best thing. And I would be honestly surprised if James Wiseman goes in a trade yeah. this off season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, going into next season, there are a lot of moves that we might have to do. Mm-hmm. I remember you, you, you saw an article that said the max bill what would it be around yeah so basically i this is a cbs article i read earlier today um and basically it's the way you know a lot of this article used you know difficult language and some terms i didn't fully comprehend but the way i interpret it is basically if we want to bring back everyone for the offers that they would get in free agency after all the taxes, it would cost over half a billion dollars to keep this team together. <laughs> and I read another article, the max Bob Myers and ownership is willing to spend is about $400 million. Yeah. So, so unfortunately, someone, you know, those eight players that won us a championship, I don't think all eight of them are coming back. No, I, I agree with that. $400 million just in general is like, you know, you can't expect any owner to go out and sell that and to, to pay PSG. that much. So yeah, unless you're owned by like you know Qatar yeah. or whatever, you go. <laughs> you're go owned by the, the United Arab Emirates. Liv tournament yeah. for a, a, I guess Curry's pretty good at golf. You might yeah. go do that and then come back and take a minimum contract. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I you know. I guess because Pool, you know, Pool's gonna be signing that like, big contract. Yeah, probably, I I up. heard earlier it was either earlier today or earlier yesterday, Pool is expected to accept an offer between. 100 and 120 million dollars and it'll probably it'll be a four-year extension because it'll tack on to mm-hmm. the one year he has now because I, I think in the cba a player is not allowed to be under a contract for more than five seasons i think that make, i've um, never seen a contract that was more than right yeah five, I've, so. I've done enough you know gm mode in 2k to <laughs> you know I've, I've never seen a contract more than five years so you know pool is probably going to be getting between 25 and 30 million dollars a year um after you know starting in the uh, 2023-2024 season. Um, and, you know, Wiggins is up for an extension too. He can probably expect similar money to pool. So now we've got five guys who are making yeah $25 million or more. And, okay, so this is my question right now. Who is going to be better in the next five years, right? Andrew Wiggins is 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Jordan Poole is 22 or 23. I, I don't know, whatever. Who is going to be better in that five-year span Who's going to be worth their contract? Their contract more. That's really tough. Um, I think you know. Um, oof, I don't know. I mean, okay, so so if I had to, if I had to step in on, I I would say yeah, help I me think out, bail me out. <laughs> in the next five years, I think the better bet is Wiggins, because of the defense that he played this year, and because yeah. we've seen him make the progression that we thought he was going to make at the beginning of his career now, and he's only twenty-seven. So his, score, his, his scoring has taken a little bit of a step back, though. I mean, granted, I you, disagree. You, you got to consider volume and role. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. In in terms of volume, like his shooting percentages are are the high, I think last season was was his career high, but they're higher than they've been throughout his career. Has Wiggins and been and his Wiggins has been with the Warriors for two and a half years, right? Uh, yes, because we traded yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah we had him, my senior year, we had him right the, before COVID, the terrible season that we had him. All of last it, it was when we traded uh, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have no memory of Wiggins on the team last year. He was there. I know, I know. I like. I know he was, but it's like he was playing things? good defense. He was not playing as well as he did this year. It's like you see that trajectory that he's mm-hmm. that he's been on. Trajectory. Whatever. <laughs> I'm a physics major. Projection, trajectory, trajection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> trajection. This trajection for 
for Wiggins yeah. is, is is going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But even if he doesn't make any more steps, you don't lose out on much with Wiggins. So yeah. he's got that high floor. Right, yeah, I was just um, about to say, Wiggins has a higher floor because I feel like he's missing less less parts of his game than Poole is. Yeah, but then again, with Poole, first of all, you get the benefit of the bird rights. So you're not yes. infringing on your cap as much um, by signing Poole to a big contract, either even this one or his next contract. I don't think, towards. I don't know if bird rights protect you from the luxury tax though. Which um, at, the, at this point, I think, you know, if I'm understanding everything correctly, I think the luxury tax is a greater enemy than the salary cap. So we might not even have the opportunity to, opportunity to sign Wiggins again. Really, I mean, I'm, you know, you know, we uh, love to watch basketball, but it's a lot harder to to watch the yeah. The ticker I, I the don't, I don't envy Bob Myers. No, um, so good luck, my guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, okay, so I think you know, I I, I think the the point really is that either Wiggins or Poole is going to be staying going forward. Yeah, maybe not at the beginning of next year. Maybe not, um, you know. After I would say yeah. there's no way that going into the 23-24 season we have both of those players on our team. Well, if we want to keep Clay Thompson, yeah, I was and just about to say Andrew um, Green. This is this is a little bit of a talking ball lore. Um, yep. I remember in our first episode of our uh, NSFW podcast, uh, I, you know, granted this was back in February or March or something like that, so this was before the playoffs even started. Um, I pitched the idea that this upcoming season will be Clay's last for the Warriors because he has two years left on his contract. Um, and he's, you know, obviously, I love Clay, you love Clay, the Bay loves Clay. Um, and, you know, it, it's, you know, like you can't just trade Clay and say, oh, it's a business. But if we're looking at just the business side of things, I think Clay. Clay's value it lives up least to his contract. Um, okay, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that, but then again, it's like you, you know, don't trade Clay. You don't trade him because it. What happens to Steph Curry? Yeah, if Clay Thompson gets traded, yep. what happens to Draymond Green yeah. if Clay Thompson gets traded? I and like you, you yeah. yeah, you need all three of those Musketeers for it. To, and you know exactly that's the thing is Steph Curry is making forty seven million dollars. He is worth more than $47 million. Mm-hmm. Is he worth the difference in the Clay Thompson, whatever he's worth, to his contract? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So if keeping Clay Thompson means paying that extra $10 million a year that yeah. he might not be making up in value. Think of it as keep, more money going to Steph. Yeah, right? Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, uh, really, uh, whatever. Yeah, really tough decisions, but... It's not what I want to think about. We just want a championship. Yeah. Can we just can we just? Well, and also, too, the- theoretically, we don't have, you know, obviously it would be better to plan ahead and, you know, figure some of this you know not wait for to figure all of this out to, if the fucking english ryan obviously it'd be better to plan some of this out and not wait for the last minute for all of it um but we do have some more immediate decisions yes. on our hands uh kevon looney Otto porter and gary payton are all free agents um and obviously i would love for all of them to come back um but that's probably not possible yeah um you know i'm running through a 2k simulation to see if it is possible uh, I will. We will get back to you with those test results. Yes. Uh, but even if it is possible, you know, all of these players have different career goals, different desires, um, and you know, it's it's going to depend what these players want. Uh, so let's start with Looney. Um, I think out of Looney Porter and uh, Peyton, I think Looney's probably the likeliest to stay. I I would agree with that. I you know I think because we drafted him again. Yeah. The bird rights. Bird rights issue. Um. So he isn't. Do, okay. Um. Question. I don't know if you know the answer. 
are bird rights only relevant once you extend them from your rookie contract or are bird rights relevant as long as you know like like would we still have bird rights on Steph yes we do have bird rights on Steph okay yes um I I believe you know if you're there's an NBA guy out there who thinks I'm wrong feel free to correct me but what degree of confidence do you have in that I would say uh about as much confidence as I have that this 15 warriors would beat the 22 warriors which is pretty good okay yeah Um, so bird rights aren't just for a for a player's first extension. No, I believe for every extension yes. as long as he's with the same team. As long team. as you draft. Okay. Yeah. Um so if our you know, if our audience wants to fact check us, please, go right ahead. Please, I'd love it. Can we can someone just reach out to us? Yeah. I'm lonely. Um Kevon Looney probably you think I don't know, maybe 10 million this off season? Uh, yeah. Um I think um yeah, having those bird rights if we you know, assuming we have those bird rights will really help. Um I think, you know, let's just pretend uh, bird rights aren't aren't coming into play. Looney probably gets probably between like 7 and 11 million from us, maybe. And I'd say like if, you know, he could maybe get 13. I doubt it. From another NBA team. Um, I don't think <clears throat> Kevon Looney, you know, leaves for an extra $2 million. And even then, maybe we can use our bird rights to match whatever offer he's getting anywhere else yeah um i assume looney likes it in the bay he's a three-time champion um and i really want looney to stay i've been a fan with him since he was playing at westwood um go bruins uh, i i think out of all these players i want looney to stay the most and i think he will be cheapest and i think he is likeliest to stay yeah i i agree with that um but then the question of Otto Porter and Gary Payton. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that we're going to be losing. I, I hate to say it. I don't think that Damian Lee and Juan Toscano Anderson are going to be on the team really? going forward. I, uh, I disagree. Unless they sign for the minimum. They will. And if they, if they do, that's great. But, I, you know, anyone that's making more than a minimum is just I think Damian Lee is staying because he is family with Steph. Well, and I don't again, think, you're right. It's the same argument. And the I don't think, yeah. And I don't think Juan Toscano Anderson has earned a contract that is more than a minimum. I don't know, man. I mean, okay, I, I, that's debatable. Like some some teams out there might want to give him like two million dollars or three million dollars. Well, um, right now the I think the vet min is I actually just it read like, it today. Two point five. Two point seven. No, I think it's I think it's a little bit lower than that. Or well, last season it was a little bit lower than that. It got I got bumped up a considerable amount this season. Um, the nice thing about vet mins, though, is if you've already gone over the salary cap, um, you yeah. can sign players to vet mins, and it you know doesn't you know you're still okay. able to do that. So I think yeah. what we do is we fill out the roster, we come back to you know Damian Lee and JT and say, hey, we've got a roster, you know, it's going to be a vet min, but we've got a roster spot for you. And I think I definitely think D- I think Damian Lee takes that. Damian Lee has not earned. Yeah, no, he's not earned. He's Damian Lee, da- yeah, Damian Lee's going to stay. Yeah. Um, and I I I think the same about you know. Slightly less confidence, but I think JTA stays. I don't think he's earned more than a vet min. So if he's taking his pick of vet mins across the league, he's going to pick Golden State. Okay, I, I can see what you're saying there, but you know my the only my reason he wouldn't really, stay is if the only reason he wouldn't stay is if we want to give that roster spot to somebody else. Yeah. Is if if we don't want him back. I think the Warriors probably do want him back. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, he's better than your you know your random fill in here, but yeah, but I think my point really is that. With Porter and Peyton, mm-hmm. both of them, I'd say, I'd say Porter probably going to sign for around the same that he signed this year. But Peyton, prob- no, Porter was on almost- the min this year. Are you serious? Uh, I I remember I looked at his Wikipedia page a couple days ago, 
and be like, on this date, blah, 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 Otto Porter signed for uh, a veteran's minimum. Okay, well, while, while we do some research, um, I, you know, obviously Gary Payton is going to be getting more next year than what he is getting this year. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. so Otto Porter this on actually so, This actually contract. solves two, two issues. Uh, so, yes, Otto Porter did sign for a vet min, and that was $2.4 million this year. And I think it's getting raised to probably like somewhere between the two point five and three, yeah, uh, for next season. So, but then again, they don't count against the cap. What I have my 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 little idea, if you res- if you guys are ready, um, a player who plays good perimeter defense. Oh God, I don't like where you're going with this. Can knock down shots when needed, off the bench, and is big enough to grab some rebounds. Just hit the market. His name is PJ Ugh. Tucker. And I think that he fills the spots of both Otto Porter and Gary Payton. I would hate to see Gary. I love Gary Payton so much. But I don't know. I think, uh, you know, one guy, uh, P.J. Tucker, or even Nick Batum, who also is testing free agency right now, I think maybe going out and getting a guy who kind of takes both of their roles might be uh, an option that we can do to, yeah. to salvage that. They're going to have to take a pay cut if they want to do that, though. Yeah, I don't know. You know, then again, you know, we are not we are not GMs. Yeah. Yet. I think um we're only deterministic particles. Yeah. <laughs> Between Porter and Peyton, we're definitely losing one of them. Um I think both are equally likely. I think both receive similar amounts of money both in Golden State and elsewhere. Um and I would prefer to keep Peyton over Porter. I prefer to keep them both, but if I had to pick one, I'd prefer Peyton. Um and yeah, that's that's my spiel on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. There might be some heartbreak. I hate to say it. Yeah. Um, I think that what we can do now, now that we have yeah, let's won let's conclude let's conclude our Warriors talk. One more segment. Sorry, Justin Coburn. We're not letting it go just yet. I think he might have already protested. He probably like blocked our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got to rank these dynasties. Yeah. Okay. Because the Warriors now have solidified themselves as a good dynasty. We're yeah. not just, oh, three rings, that's a dynasty. No, this is a legit dynasty. Yeah. Um, so comparing them to the dynasties that we have written down as the NBA's dynasties. Like the dynasties. We have the 60s Celtics, the 80s Lakers, the 80s Celtics, the 90s Bulls, the 2000s Lakers. The Spurs, which stretch from the 2000s to the 2010s. Or nine, 99 to uh, 14. Yeah, it's a long stretch. And the 2015 to 2022 mm-hmm. Golden State Warriors. And, okay, so a clarifying question. Um, are we going to treat the Warriors dynasty as what it is right now or what it could finish as? No, I think we need to treat it as what it is right now. Okay. Um, so nothing is guaranteed for the future? No. Okay. I'd say, you know, this is assuming that... Uh, no more rings? No more rings. Which... Hopefully not. No. Yeah. Hopefully we can revisit this segment and, and, and bu- yeah. you know, continue to bump the Warriors up. Get a little bit higher. I have to say off the bat that I don't really count the 60s Celtics. Um, I, I know that it's 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 like a championship is a championship. Yep. But out of all these teams here, this that the 60s Celtics is a team that played with, what, eight teams in the league? Right, yeah. And a bunch of guys and who... a bunch of unathletic white dudes. Not, it was, just, it was yeah. not the same league. And it, you know... Right. I, I can't really compare, like, you know, it, it's so clear. Okay, you take the Warriors of this season, you put them up against yeah, the they're, 60 they're Celtics. Yeah, they're flying over. And it's not yeah. even close. So 
obviously like what how many 11 rings is incredible it's way better than four but you do the dilution yeah we have 30 teams in the league now they had eight or so multiply by three multiply four by three we got 12 yeah we got them we got them beat so right and also um, yeah i'm not a big fan of like concluding oh yeah you know human beings are more athletic than they were 50 years ago evolution has you know rapidly increased in the field of you believe in professional <laughs> professional athletics in the last 50 years you know that we're just evolving you know it's like I, I don't really agree with that but like I, I I do think that like I don't think we can discount the 60s Celtics because we can say that they were worse than you know like today's basketball but like I think we can discount them because it's just so like not comparable right um comparable I, to every other team yeah here. so yeah I, I would put the Celtics in this you know, on the bottom, although they do have the most rings out of any of these guys. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree. So, yeah. Uh, I've got that, I've got 90, well, yeah. Should we, should we, should, do we want to go from bottom to top? Or? Let's go bottom to top. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, and this is this is all freestyle right now, mm-hmm. so um, we'll see what comes out of this. Yeah. Maybe some some real hot takes. Yeah. How many, um, I'm, I'm Wikipediaing this right now, how many rings did Larry Bird win? It was either four or three. Um, I remember for a long time growing up thinking it was four, and then maybe I saw something that was, yeah, three. Yeah, three The rings. 80 Celtics only won three rings, and so, can you say I mean, that they I are... I don't know, because they're going up against the 80s Lakers, too. So it's not, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a good league at that point, and they have another legit dynasty yeah. to contend with. Um, but we had to go against LeBron. And who? You know, like Jason Tatum. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. I, these, I'm not gonna say that. You know, these rings are worth more than our rings, but like, it means a lot to say that you know that team went up three rings against you know a very good league. But lo- yeah, but also you know, they like they like I don't. Ugh, you can't like this team was not even the best team of their decade. I don't know that you can say that they're better than the Warriors. Okay, we're calling it. 60s Celtics, or 80, 80s, no, 80s Celtics are yeah, next. Yeah, wow, we're just dicking on the Celtics over the past couple of days. We've been doing that. That's, <laughs> we we do that. That's theme. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we've got 60 Celtics, 80 Celtics. Oops. After that, ooh. Yeah, this uh, is, I, yeah I, I think those were sort of the easy decisions to make. Yeah. Now it's kind of tough. So, we, so we've, in contention, we've still got 90s Bulls, 80s Lakers, 2000s Lakers, uh, the Spurs and the Warriors. Okay, I think the thing to do right now is to compare the Spurs, the Spurs and the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. And then, ah, uh, man. Okay. Can this we can we agree the '90s Bulls are number one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let, yeah. yeah let, right, let's right. take let's take that. Yeah. I, '90s Bulls are number one. Yes. Uh, when they had MJ playing full seasons, they won six rings in a row simply because they wanted to. They were. Incredible. They they were a team that was good enough to win six rings in a row because they wanted to. And they had Steve Kerr. Yes. So. Does Steve Kerr does Steve Kerr have the most accomplished basketball career? I mean, of you all look time? At, you look at these teams. He was a part of three of them. We're talking about how many dynasties <laughs> are there? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and he was on three. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, he's he's up there. He's up there. You know, nine rings. He's literally. Well, up I, th- I think. With Bill Russell. Uh, yeah. Well, and Bill. Well, I think Bill Russell coached. I think one ring as a coach too. But I mean, still, like then again, I'll look that up know, right now. Like, what's more impressive, winning nine rings? In the modern right, NBA, yeah. or yeah. Bill Russell, and I think it's very clear, like Steve, like Kerr. Steve Kerr. Yeah, uh, one, yeah. Bill once Russell you start, yeah, once play. you start getting Pat, you know, 
as a player, as a coach. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Russell also won two rings as a coach. Yeah. Although, oh, well, he was a player coach. What? Whatever. Whatever. Okay, yeah. I'm a player coach. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr better than Bill Russell. Yep. Career. Not, ba- not a basketball. Write it down. And basketball. Yeah. Um, okay, Spurs, so we've Warriors. got yeah, we've got Spurs, Warriors, and then two Lakers teams filling in two, three, four, and five. Oof. I'm if we're saying nothing's guaranteed and the Warriors dynasty ends right now, I I don't know that I can put the Warriors above any of these teams because Warriors have four rings. The rest of these teams have or how many how many of the eighties Lakers have? Uh, Magic Johnson. See how many rings Magic has, and that that will, yeah, that will inform us. Five. Oh man, yeah. Okay, I think I think we put. Uh, I think the only team that we could beat here is the Spurs. We could, but do we? Spurs are boring. They go. They go below. I'm calling it. Okay. We but they, but, but, but they have another ring. But they have another ring. Don't care. <laughs> Don't care. Don't care. True. That is a good point. The Spurs might have more rings, but I also don't care. Um, okay, fine. Warriors, Warriors are. are yeah, yeah, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the Spurs above the Warriors just because of the nothing's guaranteed rule. Yeah. However, I think if we re- revisit this list, um, I think I think we'll be able to put the Warriors above. If we if they win another championship, yeah, yeah I'd say the, I'd take the Warriors. Above the Warriors have the Warriors have been the uh, six finals. Spurs mm-hmm. went to five. So and and the sample size. Actually, you know what? Think about a sample size too. You know the Warriors have been to six finals in eight years. The Spurs went to five finals in fifteen years, and you know so they do have one more ring. But there was also times when they weren't that good. So yeah. it's like you know what the Warriors have been pretty Oof. pretty freaking good when they're healthy. Yeah, like, right. And yeah, and here's here's the thing. You know, I I I hate playing the health card because if 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 health is a reason to invalidate championships, then not a single championship in NBA history would be valid. True, but. You know, it, it's it's like, you know, when you take MJ out of the Bulls, they don't win for two years. When you take Clay out of the Warriors, they, you know, to much, to much more horrendous degrees, they're bad. Um, I'm, ugh. I mean, here's the thing. I, I wish I Whatever. could. I wish I could measure how much bias I had and then remove that because, like, it's probably a lot. Let, let's, <laughs> probably. Just, let's, just, let's just call it what it is. We have bias. Okay, the Warriors are next. Then the Spurs. And so, then so are we putting Spurs above the Warriors? Spurs are above the Warriors. So going from okay. bottom to the top, we got... Let's call it a tie, honestly. No. I'm calling it a tie. You can, you can call it okay. what you want. I'll, I'm calling I'll, it a yeah. tie. Now we just have to decide between the 80s Lakers and the 2000s Lakers. Um, my heart tells me recipes Kobe Bryant, 2000s Lakers. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know... In the 2000s, the Lakers had to beat... Uh, Allen Iverson. Uh, That's not saying that much. Yeah, actually, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> dude. I mean, we had to be, we had to be Allen Iverson, uh, <laughs> Dwight Howard. Um, they beat Dwight Howard in 2010 or 2009. Man, you're the historian. This is some great podcasting. Yeah. We're two guys on the computer. Um, yeah. Uh, 2009, we beat Dwight Howard. 2010, we... Why am I saying we? 2009, Kobe beat Dwight Howard. 2010, they beat... We are Kobe. They we beat, are all Kobe. In, yeah. In 2010, they beat a pretty good Celtics team that beat them in 2008. Um, and in... Uh, who did the Lakers beat in 2002 and 
because 2001 was when they beat the Sixers. 2002, they beat the they beat the, the Nets. Nets. And 2003, oh, 2003, they did not win. That was the Spurs. So that means they won in 2000 by beating the Pacers. Okay. 80s Lakers. Yeah, 80s Congrats. Lakers. Yep. Congrats to the 80s Lakers for being yeah. number two. All right. Overall, we've done it. Please tell us your, your rankings. Yeah. Uh, we got number In short, one, yeah. Dynasties. Number one, the 90s Bulls. Number two, the 80s Lakers. Number three, the 2000s Lakers. Number four, the Spurs. Number five, the current Warriors. Number six, the 80s Celtics. And number seven, the 60s Celtics. We hate the Celtics. All right. That's a lot about the past. Let's talk a little bit about the future coming up. Just real quick, we just got to mention the fact that the NBA draft is on Thursday. Yeah, I low-key forgot there was a draft this year. Yeah, it, honestly to us, it, it, you know, it doesn't really cross We've our had minds. bigger like, things to worry about. But, but to all it is you... Much nicer to, it is much nicer to worry about winning a championship than who are we going to draft with our top five pick. Yeah, so... Um, Very entitled. To all the people out there... I just want to stoop down and say hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, you Rockets fan or something? Condescendingly. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, there's a draft coming up. Uh, there's the top three guys, which everyone knows. Um, I think that the order in which they go is really not determined. I believe that most are saying that it's almost a guarantee that Paulo Bancaro is going to the Rockets, but it's a question. At number three? At number two. At number two. Um the number one pick is is still up in the air. Uh, we don't. I really feel like I've seen Jabari Smith the most, but like it's Smith and and. Uh, I was also I was also the one who forgot we had a draft this year. So. So yeah, um, after those three, uh, I mean, okay, I, let, let's just look at the draft order and we can see what we think really is making that much sense. Um, no one from the <laughs> UCLA team, that's for sure. Um, I think yeah, Juzang number one. No. Uh, <laughs> after that, I mean, you got Jaden Ivey. Yeah, and that would be hilarious. I think going to to Sacramento <laughs> yeah, that at would be number funny. four because that'd be so funny. They drafted three. Well, they got three. They had three guards in their lineup, which was Davion Mitchell, uh, Tyrese. Oh, Halliburton. I forgot about Davion Mitchell. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton, and well, at the time they also had Buddy Heal. Yeah, I was gonna say Buddy Heal. And, yeah, and Darren Fox. But now you know they got rid of Halliburton. They have Davion Mitchell and, and, and Darren Fox. They already healed too. And uh, and healed. Yeah, and. They're probably going to go out and draft a guy who yeah. is a De'Aaron Fox clone. Yeah. Um, so that would Which be Which is why they got rid of Halliburton. Very Kings. Yeah. Very, very, very Kings, Kings, yeah. And I feel so bad for Jaden Ivey if he has to go to the Kings. Yeah. Um, sorry, we're talking too much shit. Honestly, we're talking too much. I like the Kings. That is incredibly entitled of you, Lucas. You're right. Can you I apologize a... right now? I am sorry for the entitlement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to keep things unentitled around here. Yes. Um, but going after that, you got you got guys like... You know, you got Keegan Murray. Yeah. You got um, you got Ben Matherin. You have players like who's a is is Ben Matherin the Arizona kid? Yes, okay. that's right. So a lot of like we were talking about this earlier, but there's a lot of long wings in this draft. Um, <laughs> you paused after you said long. A long pause. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the draft is really exciting. I'm I'm excited to see. Uh, what happens at the top, but then also I think that there is a lot of deep talent kind of in that uh, 6 to 14 range, that late lottery. Like, a lot of the, there's no, you know, there's no clear fall off at, at you know, the 7th the or 8th pick anywhere. It's kind of we have these top three guys that are in their own tier 
Um, uh, a fourth tier, I think, for himself is is Jaden Ivey right now. Almost, you know, that, that's kind of where everyone's seeing him. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's the top three: Jaden Ivey, and then you know the Shade on Sharp. Yeah, these guys that are getting a lot of through, hype too. Yeah, you know, but then again, there's like a lot of like really interesting second rounders in this draft. Um, unfortunately, uh, Drew Timmy did. Go decide to go back. Yeah, um, but there's same like, with Caleb Love. Caleb players, Love was my enigma for a little while. Yeah, and I was I was so looking forward to like you know my my masterpiece of you know analysis and broadcasting and sports research whatever was gonna be my Caleb Love spiel. I you know after I watched him torch UCLA, I thought Caleb Love was gonna be drafted by the Warriors and you know turned into the next Splash Bro. And I was gonna say, hey, you heard it here first. Pool and Love are the you know, Splash Bros 2.0, uh, and then Caleb Love just decided to completely bone me and uh, return to UNC for another year. So I have to wait another uh, 11 months to, you know, give my uh, Caleb Love spiel. One thing I do want to air grievance with is I have seen one player from UCLA projected to get drafted, and it is not Jules Bernard. It is not Cody Riley. It is not Johnny Juzang. It is not Tiger Campbell. It is not Miles Johnson. And it's not Jaime fucking Hawkes. It's Peyton Watson. <laughs> Peyton Watson is projected to get drafted. And he is a freshman. And let me read you his stats from his one and only season at UCLA. Zero games started. 12.7 minutes. 32.2% field goal percentage. 22.6% three-point percentage, and 3.3 points per game. This guy sucks. And this guy's getting drafted ahead of the six guys who made UCLA uh, a top 10, 15, wherever you want to put him. I would like to put him in the top five, honestly. The six guys who made UCLA as good as they were this year, none of them are going to get drafted. But this freshman who never started and who's already jumping ship is going to get drafted, like... Come on, man. Yeah, um, I think it's it's really tough for the UCLA team. Yeah, well, um, especially too. We're lo- you know we're losing Jules Bernard and Cody Riley and Johnny Juzang and Tiger Campbell and Jaime Hawkes and Miles Johnson. All those guys are gone. So Peyton Watson has this opportunity to be the best player on the team next year, and he goes, "Nah, fuck you guys. I'm leaving too." Like, dude. Like, oh, like sorry, you got benched as a freshman because we had all our upperclassmen come back and they were all really good. But like we need you now, and you're gonna leave too. Yeah, I, I mean, I you know, I feel like he kind of knows that he's not that good. Like you know, coming out of high school, we looked at him. He's he's a five star recruit. Yeah. And then he plays pretty poorly in his freshman year. Um, so do you think he just want? Do you think? Do you think he doesn't believe in himself? I don't and know. I mean, I mean, you know, not. not do you to think say if that. he stayed, he would tank his draft? I think. I mean, here's the thing. Even efficiency can't get much worse than that, and his volume. If he stayed, would get so much better. Yeah, you know he's he's good. Like you can't possibly go into a draft with worse numbers than Peyton Watson has. I wonder if any player in college basketball history has ever entered a draft with worse numbers than that. <laughs> I would assume that there are many. <laughs> yeah, um, but not that many. <laughs> but you know, I I would say that you know if he has the opportunity right now where he thinks he's going to be a a second round pick. And he thinks he's gonna go to the NBA. It's really hard to say no to that. Yeah. So, but if you stay one more year at UCLA, you're the star of the team. 
But and you're taking a you're taking a, a a risk, you know. We don't you don't know. He might come out at UCLA, try to be the star of the team, and really suck. And then the t- the coach benches him for a while, or just starts giving him less minutes. And it became comes really clear that he's not the guy that he was projected to be out of high school. And then he doesn't get drafted at all and has no career. And then you know. Yeah, I I just I just can't I just can't possibly see his draft stock getting worse than what it is now. And you know. I clearly he must think differently. Um, yeah, um, there are some really interesting guys though in this draft. Like I don't know if you've heard of Nikola Jovic. Uh, Jovic. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like, like it's literally like the guy can shoot. He's a big white guy, and it's like his name is Jovic. Like Jovic. Whatever you know, like. <laughs> I, I I would not be surprised if we don't see Nikola Jokic next year. He's just like gone on like some leave or something, <laughs> yeah. and then and then Jovic Jovic. I'm not gonna be able to pronounce Jovic. that. Jovic it's not that hard. <laughs> Jokic and Jovic. Yeah. Jovic um, uh, comes out a little bit taller than they thought he was gonna be. <laughs> um, there's also this one guy I can't find his name, but he's like really fat. And he's been oh yeah I, yeah he's uh he's been doing a bunch of stuff at the combine yeah in the combine he's been playing he's so been well balling yeah so I am so I can't remember his name I I'm sure I'm sure he will be if I think he is supposed to get drafted late yeah last I checked on it and when he does if slash when he gets drafted you're not gonna see anything else on Instagram for two days yeah so um, hold tight listeners you will know who we're talking about fan favorite Thursday fan favorite automatically so I am. I'm just really excited for that. Like, I think everyone loves a player, like who is this? Who is this? Their body is not the same as everyone else. Like, mm-hmm. either they're really short or they're really tall. Like, you got you know Isaiah Thomas or Taco Fall. Uh-huh. Right? Everyone loves Taco Fall. Or you get a guy who's fat. Like, if there's a guy who's actually like overweight in the NBA, I don't think Perkins was very well loved. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, with, especially when he has a, a cute little face like this guy. Yeah. I cannot remember his name. I hate myself for it. But yeah, this dude's always smiling too. Like yeah. he's a very lovable character. So it's kind of like Poe. There's a lot. Kung Fu yeah, Panda. There's a lot to. He's the Dragon Warrior. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a lot to look forward to for the NBA draft this year. Um, that I think is enough about basketball for today. We got a quick Stanley Cup recap. Uh, the series currently sits. At two to one, Avalanche. Yeah, and a very, very, very eventful game too. Uh, Tampa Bay lost that game seven zero, and that was the least competitive hockey game I have seen in the Stanley Cup Finals uh, in my life. Um, and I, I want to go out and apologize to all of our Tampa Bay Lightning fans listening for completely and utterly jinxing Andre Vasilevsky for game two. I remember in our last episode, we talked about, you know, like... How does this guy have the yips? That was the question. We we said, does he have the yips? And I said, no, because he turned it around in the second and third period. And uh, very clearly in game two, had the yips. Um, There weren't any goals that stuck out to me as, like, straight-up errors. But, like, he just was not making the saves that good goalies make. Um, Not to mention great goalies, like, you know like he has been the past three years. Um, so, yeah, so uh, the series is 2-0 Colorado going into Game 3 in Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay wins that game, must-win game for them. Um, and, you know, they they are, if they win one more game at home, the series is tied just like that. You know, like just, uh, I think it was, you know, two days ago from the time we were recording this, one or two days ago. No, it was, it was yesterday. Um, 
that, you know, we woke up and the series was 2-0 Colorado and they had, you know, blown Tampa Bay out of the water. And now Tampa Bay is a home went away from tying the series. Um, that being said, the difference in the hockey being played in Colorado and the difference of, you know, Colorado is way more dominant in Colorado than Tampa Bay is in Tampa Bay. And Colorado has home ice anyways. So I, I still am pretty comfortable. Uh, or actually, no, I remember last time we talked about this, I was uncomfortably in favor of Colorado. Um, I still think, you know, Colorado is loving where they're at just because of what happened in game two. Um, I am pretty confident that Colorado wins this series. Um, I really think game four is up in the air, honestly. Um, cause I, I think Colorado is the better team, but Tampa Bay won the last game and it is another game at home for Tampa Bay. Um, I just think when the series goes back to Colorado, uh, I think game five is Colorado's, um, and you know, I think worst case scenario, Colorado gets it done in seven. I think realistically they get it done in five or six. Um, I have to disagree. I don't know much at all about hockey, but I am feeling it. The Lightning are gonna win. It's three times in a row. Like if they they got one game, they smell blood in the water. I think it's over. You think championship DNA? We we talk we talk about how important championship DNA is. I might is even say this a lot. Are you ready? Tampa Bay in six. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that pretty much covers all the possible outcomes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, if, you know, so actually, if, no, okay. if Tampa Bay wins in seven, we both lose. If it's not Tampa Bay in six, then it's either going to be Tampa Bay in seven, or it's going to be Colorado in five, or Colorado in six, or Colorado in seven. That's my analysis. On All right, that is, that is a, yeah, that is a, that is a, that is a, uh, you're, you're, you're going out on a limb there, but uh, I know. time will tell, time will prove. Uh, if any of us are right. Kenny Lofton. His name is Kenny Lofton. Yes, it I is Kenny it. Lofton. Where do you go to school? Uh, Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. Tech. Shout out to Kenny Lofton. He'd be eating good down in Louisiana. Yeah, for real. You know who else is eating good down in Louisiana? Who? Zion. Zion. Yeah. Too much. Imagine if the Pelicans drafted him, bro. Yo, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. New Zion drop. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I believe that is all we have for today. Uh, I know today was a shorter episode, so we apologize if any of you feel like... Uh, you are sold short. Um, uh, going into the next couple weeks, we might be experimenting with the format of our episodes and the recording methods due to uh, differences in, in living spaces, uh, but we will figure something out. Don't you worry. Uh, but for now, I'm all set. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I'll just be excited for next week. Uh, we're going to be transitioning away from talking about the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah, sadly. So if you hated that, then don't worry. Uh, there'll be lots of other things. But thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys soon. Yeah, thanks for listening, and stay unentitled.